0: You got a shirt on today? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: there's, no, there's no reason why I've got a shirt on, I've just, uh,
2: I get, I the shower and then there was a shirt I got for my Christmas and I thought, I better wear that. Uh, it's because you're the first female on the cast, you're losing your mind getting yourself already, brushing your hair and your beard.
3: Putting the aftershave on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the aftershave. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I think you've 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 set the tone already. We're giving the game away. There's a special guest on this cast, coming straight up. One and only Bo Anderson, the first female on the cast. Jamie's got himself dressed up for it, Comb through the hair,
1: <laughs>
2: and pretty excited to uh, to diversify the cast. It's about time. About fucking time. That's right. We've had, what we had so far, we had four male, we had four four guests. Paul, Callum. Mm-hmm. James, Dan, Stevie, Luke, and Luke, and then s- schemers. So over the over our forty-three episodes with eight males, and it's got to be our first female. Shut us fucking down, I say. Somebody start the cancel. Get the hashtag can- cancel <laughs> fonts podcast. <laughs> cancel Get it trending. <laughs> we can only apologise. We we don't want to be part of the the patriarchy. No, we want to be part of the solution, not the problem. Exactly. Hit us up with some some female guests.
3: No, nah, we, we, we will find it. We will oh, find. Oh, we will find it. Guest. That's
2: right. We know them exactly. We'll find those guests. We've got a lot of female guests in our mind. We'd like to get. We just need to uh, send emails. We're really bad at that. It's <laughs> not gender specific. But once, but once the emails go out. Yeah, nah, I'm still waiting for that fucking wrestling guy coming back. Actually. Oh,
3: did he dingus? Jim, Jim Aye, Johnson or something. Jim.
2: fill me once. I see. <laughs> <laughs> what about Sturgeon? Nicola, we Nicky. Aye. Mm-hmm. I think she would probably up for it actually. I, I know she likes the band, constantly streaming. I think her favourite album was Common Problem, which is weird, but uh, quite controversial. But I thought it was weird when I, fu- when I first met her actually in, in outside Holyrood, I was doing a, <clears throat> a piece of camera for on basically just the kind of current landscape and the kind of political climate. <laughs> and uh, Nikki shouted out the window, she shouted, "Who are you, the Yard After?" And I was like, shut it neck out. And then before we knew it, we're in the canteen having a few laggers. <laughs> <laughs> the Hollywood canteen. Hollyrood canteen. Sounds like a good day. How's it damn well, fellas?
1: Hi <laughs> man, I'm good day. Uh, I've just been I was buckled earlier on just on the the political the political theme there. Um it was that uh, on the website New- News Thump. It's the same as the onion or whatever or the Waterford Whispers A satire
2: thing Oh wait a minute sorry Somebody's calling me here right two seconds Hello Hello is that Ken? It is yes Hi hello Ken My name is Katie case
4: calling from the legal department
2: And I'm calling you regarding the minor
4: road collision That you've heard in the back the accidents in yes yeah? The
2: road collision? <laughs> oh she cut me off <laughs> Fucking worst I had that going the other day for like 50 minutes, that'd have been great. Do you get a lot of them I Get a lot of them man. I had somebody uh, put me on the line manager the other day, and, and then by the end of like 20 minutes called the line manager just went, why don't you piss off? <laughs> <laughs> I said I was riding around with my kids and it was my fault, because I was blind drunk.
1: <laughs> why don't you piss off?
2: Sorry, go back to your, go back to the... Oh well, You're it's no you. funny anyway. No, sorry mate, I know I, I fucking derailed it twice. <laughs> tell us, tell us, go.
1: Gordon Brown and Tony Blair finally announced that they're Daft Punk. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, uh, I just ran into the and I'm going, people always thought it was these French guys, but I was surprised that no one clicked on it. I was just saying that they, they met the, the strokes in Nile Rogers when they were uh, like when they were in government and stuff, and that's how they were able to get them for the <laughs> Random Access Memories <laughs> <help> album that. <laughs> oh, it's fucking hilarious, man.
3: <laughs> One thing I was thinking we could do, we could, but well, we could just mention it now, that if you sign up to the Patreon, you'll get an exclusive Jamie's Journal. Wow. At the weekend. Uh, a weekend journal? If, uh, if you send me it to upload you. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, <cheer. laughs> if you send If you send me one of your journal things, I'll upload it.
2: Okay. Well, there you go. If ever I've heard of incentive, there's a... You sign up to the Patreon for as little as a couple of quid. Um, there, is, there is some stigs on there, by the way, that are pay a pound, so... I just think... It, it's kind of weird, because obviously we're meant to appreciate everything, but... I can assure you that we don't appreciate a pound... How, how are we splitting the pound there? Like, so you're saying as we are worth a pound a month. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, on. I appreciate every single penny. Um, Bye, come on, three pound. That's hardly got to break the bank. Dig deep, put some food in our, our bellies. And um, Jamie will provide you with a, a journal entry exclusive every single weekend to you. Right, let's, let's have a bit of a already cult following you've got for for jamie's journal again the messages bigger belief let me tell you <laughs> it's starting to spread like wildfire
1: again i've been getting messages in the high single digits um about people enjoying it
3: have you any any more word for your publishers yet
2: these lover puddling scam artists
1: <laughs> <laughs> well there's actually there's actually a connection from uh the lover puddling scam artist and uh the fridge game.
2: Oh tell us that.
1: Well I can't. Have
3: you signed an NDA?
1: <laughs> no, just uh, one of the guys <laughs> I works with, he's related to the
3: the potential publisher?
1: Aye. So the guy the guy's listen to the podcast and he's asked me to send sent me a message saying to send him stuff, but I've
2: Better stop stop writing the piss at him on the podcast. <laughs> 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 if you want the deal to be done, pal, shut your fucking mouth eh.
3: Tell those R2 to shut it no? and <laughs> all. <laughs>
2: Eh, scallywags. What's a puddling word? Scallywags. Scallywags. Trousers. 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 Put your trousers down, (laughs) you (laughs) scallywag. Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard here. Put your trousers down, you scallywag. I'll skip your ass.
1: I mean, the the first time we went to (laughs) Liverpool, my pa's when we were. (laughs) It was like the Jack and were at the point at the Cavern Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, the bit where we stayed at, we had to keep getting a taxi for there into the, the toon. Mm-hmm. But like, say we're getting like four or five different taxis over, over the course of the few days, but every taxi driver used to <laughs> said the same thing just when we're going past a certain bit. used to go, Wayne Rooney used to live just down here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's good. Right. Hey a theme tune Boom. Jamie Journal Hey Jamie
0: Journal Hey backing
2: down things I see Jamie Journal Hey Jamie
1: Journal Hey Everything that matters to me What have you been up to this week? Tuesday, 24th of February The weathers took a turn for the worse. I can tell cos the brown bin took a tumble and it's halfway down the street. The branches of the Christmas tree that I was able to remove for the wallopers are scattered unceremoniously around Woodstock Drive. I couldn't fit the main stock of the tree in the bin cos it's too tall. I wish she had picked the weir one. I've had to just fuck it up the back and wait till I can get my hands on a bigger set of wallopers. (laughs) 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 My back garden looks mentally new. It's only a smithery its spacious potential. The lawn is almost alright. Top end is filled with a random assort of mysterious artifacts that she won't let me keep in the house. I personally think that big red gas canister would be nice in the toilet, but no, it doesn't go with the colour scheme. The Christmas tree, God rest its mangled soul, also had a colour scheme. I actually think that tree would have been fine for another good few months cause I've set about it with the wallopers, it's turned into the anti of paltritude. At least I've got my picture from my 3 buying customers. Also, I was deceived when it even came to the broom Bin. I only put it out cause old Genie across the road put hers out. The sheep within me just assumed. I don't know whether to take it back in or no, in case the Bruin Bin men actually turn up. Their appearances are elusive and seldom. Cloaked in a shroud of environmental mystery. Their presence, I suspect, would also seem a little bit premature. It is only the 23rd of February, which warrants some serious suspicions. Anyway, I better go and get this fucking bin. It's flapping about like something out of Sesame Street, spewing out the branches of a six-foot Nordman fur. It's 37 till 0000. It's took me a good few hours of pacing around the various rooms of this house, looking out all the different windows to get some motivation for my daily dose of aerobic exercise that mostly went to my legs propel in a forwards motion Cause the weather was that atrocious I wore this dark green bubble body warmer The breeding butter route that I used for running 10km was that windy that on the way down the air was getting into this body warmer and it was making me catch some serious airtime Going past the golf course I seemed to be gliding past motors in transit I was making eyes with the drivers as I lapped them, shrugging my shoulders as if to say it's no me, it's the body warmer. (laughs) What can you do? I was genuinely flying and this dark green bubble body warmer was facilitating that. I glided through the woods at Craig Nuke and in the way back up, motivated by how fast I was in flight, I sprinted my very hardest against the wind. It was fucking exhilarating man. When I got back, soaked and out of breath, my wee running app to help me I get my best times for 10km, 5km, 1 mile, etc, etc. I don't care about going faster that, but thanks to this dark green bubble body warmer, I feel like fucking Mo Farah or something. In total elation, I excitedly entered the living room to spread my wondrous news to her. A celebration. Without looking away for married at first sight, she half sings to me, that's nice. <laughs> What's really nice is how good I feel. Nicola Sturgeon's done a bit earlier and tell us about whatever's happening with this lockdown. Loads of folk are kicking up fuck about this and that on the Facebook. Personally, I'm kinda used to the way of life at the moment. I just know it's gonna be Fan Dabby Dozy when wee Jimmy Cranky says we can get dancing again. But <laughs> well, loads of folk don't like your First Minister being called that. And that's probably the only instance that I will personally do so, but I really do feel that if you've got the nerve to be a politician, never mind the leader of a full nation, you've got to take it on the chin. I mean that metaphorically, as a confirmed pacifist no one should be getting punched on the chin, although I'm sure some folk would love to crack sturgeon. I think she's sound enough though, no really got an opinion on her, whatever. I'm voting for Daniel Lamb and the commies, Apart from a possible guerrilla insurgency conglomerating at the site of the old Ravens Craig, I think he means well. Policies include a big change in help to mental health, which is the hot potato at the minute. But I'll need to pick this Soviet's brain about what the schematics are for the brown bins. The people want answers.
2: That was brilliant. That was really good, man.
1: Bloody well, another day. Yeah, give another one.
3: My god, the, the, the listeners are in for a treat. <laughs> <this week. laughs> Two days in one. No paywall.
1: (laughs) I know that I said that politicians shouldn't be getting cracked yesterday, but I feel a seismic urge to wallop the slimy horrid toad man that greets me on Good Morning Britain. Yes, that's right, it's Matt Hancock. He's got to be the worst, most sorry excuse of a person I've ever came across. Dishonourable to the very fucking core. It's hard to describe quite how much I pure loathe this guy. I actually found myself shouting at the screen, fuck off. Such was my contempt for this supposed homo sapien. He's a total fucking rocket at the highest order. I used to think it was the great sniveller Gideon Osborne, but he seems comparatively sound. So does Johnson. Piers Morgan, who also thought was a worse cunt till recent, is presenting the show. I found myself laughing at him, actually even warming to him. Cannot believe these thoughts. He's the crabby uncle that every has got. Sort of and Then there's Matt Fucking Hancock, the snake weasel hybrid lord of snivelling and deceitfulness, comes on and starts his pish. <laughs> a despicable man that merits me crying fuck off at the telly. And it's a few hours later. Both now I've actually appalled myself at such venom <laughs> for horrid toad face man. I've been out a big long jog round the hills up to look and I feel chilled out, but then for the second time the day I've had to tell a screen to fuck off. This time it's at my laptop and it's all our passwords. Fucking hell, passwords for stuff is probably the bane of my life. I've got one that I normally use, my default one, and I know a few of its possible variants. Just about every time I sign in to end I need to reset the password and it all gets a bit like that film inception. Constantly having to prove that I'm no a robot or that, it does my head in. Gosh, I seem to be particularly angry today. (laughs) (laughs) Business management has went well. We had a Zoom meeting with the band and management. The things seem to be in the green. We're making some steady progress. It's looking like the gig will go ahead at the end of August. It might even be one of the first things on. The date coincides with the and Leeds Festival, which is just after it, and they've been given the go ahead so far. To help me along in my drumming rehabilitation program, I recently purchased a practice pad for the most successful company in history of capitalism, Amazon. This wee pad, alongside the book on drumming rudiments and theory, is going to do me wonders. I really do think so. This is the stuff I shoulda, would coulda been absorbing at school, but I was too busy wanting to crack on and just bust it out loud as fuck, amps turned up full sorta of patter. The book recommends I spend 45 minutes a day practicing alongside the metronome. So far, so good. I can't wait to be the greatest jazz drummer of Coltoness's history. <laughs> <laughs> I promised her trying to watch any shite on the telly, but the day after the morrow on Channel 5. <laughs> <laughs> the day after the morrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't resist it. I'm right into films like that. I'm managing to counterbalance this idle behaviour though by setting me the practice pad. And also checking out what's happening in the Central African Republic during the breaks. Dawn down the stairs is listening to the Titanic theme tune on repeat. Again.
3: <laughs>
1: Tuesday and Wednesday.
2: A double whammy. Unreal. Unreal stuff. Buy one, get one free. And then some of these people don't even buy one. They just listen I know, free. I know, I know. Unbelievable.
3: What's the day after tomorrow again? Is that Jake Gyllenhaal?
2: A young Jake. See, when I was
1: watching it, I was thinking about it, uh. Mind, it was, t- end up being, it was 2000, because I looked when it was it the day after the morning, it was 2004, and I was like, that nah, can't be right, because I might go to see it, was 2012, me and you went to see Kerr, we were in for free, the guy goes, you said, you laugh on and we're like, aye, and then, pure fucking, delighted. Could <laughs> we couldn't believe, could believe it. We spent an extra tenner
2: on Sweeties. Aye, uh, we were so buzzing, because we got because it knew it was for the band. i still up there with one of the best experiences of my life.
0: And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: I first came across you on the show that I hosted the BBC, the one more tune. You were one of the acts on it. And that was the first I'd heard didn't you. So, because I was doing a link, I was like, oh, I might as well check out who I'm
4: yeah, Speaking yeah, You know
2: what you are like? And my next act's one of my favourites. She's got a big voice and a huge talent. And you're like, don't have a fucking <laughs> <laughs> clue who it Yeah, is.
4: literally.
2: I listened <laughs> to it and uh, you were singing in a, what looked like a swimming pool, if I remember.
4: Oh, that was the first video. Sweater, yeah. the first video I shot. I didn't know
2: what I was doing. Genuinely was fucking blown away, man. I was like, what a voice. Phenomenal.
4: Oh, cheers, pal. And for the
2: rest of the day... I had you on Spotify and at that point you never really had much stuff on Spotify. So, yeah. So I just kind of yeah. listened to that and repeat, getting my, my vibes on. <laughs> getting
4: vibes on, you'd be sick of it now. No, it's
2: a tune, man. I just had a wee refresher there before he came on. I was like, this just that a fucking bop. Oh, uh, this is a
4: fucking bop. Oh yeah, are you allowed to swear? Am I allowed to swear? Of, of course. <gasps> I'm so used to being told don't swear, and I'm like, all right, okay, I've really got to think about this. Fine, don't worry. Sound, I love that. I love well,
1: that. My mum and dad listen, so just if you, both well, if you can keep your swearing to a kind of
4: minimum. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, don't worry. I'll keep it to the aye, aye. Like at I'll a five. Keep it,
2: keep it about a five, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's where I first heard <laughs> of you, And Jamie, Jamie just heard the uh, about half an hour ago when I was like, uh, do you know we were talking to the? And he's like, so you just listened to the. And what did you think, Jamie? Tell us what you thought.
1: I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I listened to a song called (laughs) Island and I thought it was lovely.
4: Oh, lovely. But
2: from doing a bit of research on you from my previous encounters as well, you didn't start off as a singer. Explain.
4: No, I did not. I did. Right. So, long story short, I, I, I danced for a long time. My mum put me in classes from the age of like three four years old what kind of dance mainly it was like ballet, tap and jazz and then I got as I got older I got more into the commercial kind of stuff and hip hop and that was kind of my my jam my vibe whatever you want to call it and then um, from the you know when you say stuff and then you're like oh my god why did I say that that was nah, of nah, it's true,
2: but it's, it's just words like that, because we come from Scotland saying words like vibe, you just feel like a fucking arse, don't you? I
4: know, eh? just don't come
1: from
2: Scotland anymore. That's right, sorry.
4: I know, I've been I've been here for five and a half years now, I'm like, god.
2: You're full on English now.
4: I'm, I've lost my Scottish touch. Do you know what though? I've actually got loads of Scottish mates down here, unintentionally.
1: My family's all in London, my family's in Brixton.
4: Oh really? Oh, that's not far from me.
1: One, one of my brothers and my sister, they both stay just next to Brixton.
4: Prison? I actually didn't know that there was like a prison near there till not that long ago. I don't know what, I just thought of that just now.
2: Before Jamie takes it and makes it all about himself again, uh, tell, us, <laughs> tell, us, uh, tell us the story. So you were a dancer?
4: Aye, and then I got into... Um, trampolining I basically was really sporty I did like gymnastics trampolining lots of sports swimming whatever and uh did trampolining and then I went to this performance school when I was about 12 because my granddad saw an article in a thing in a newspaper and he was like oh you'll enjoy that so I was like aye okay and it was like dance acting and singing mm-hmm. I went for the dancing and then basically when I was doing that I was also doing trampolining and I long story short I had an accident which meant that I couldn't dance for a bit and at this performance school they encouraged me to sing and i was the one that would like like they'd get you in the room and no one would want to sing because they'd be too shy or nervous or whatever so the the teacher would like be like right all of you sing i'll come around and listen as i go past and when he came to me i'd be like i'd be like i'd mime i wouldn't I, it was that bad i was like i did not want him to hear me sing which is mad to think about now eh? but yeah and then basically they encouraged me to sing And I got really into music. I've always loved music, but I didn't think I could sing. I'd compare myself to like, at the time it was like Adele was doing like someone like you at the Brits and all that. Stuff And I was like Oh no I'm not as good as that So I was quite harsh on myself I'm not as good as Adele <laughs> That is what I was like I
2: should just stop now Not as good I as like, Adele
4: Yeah I'm like At 13 years old Oh no I'm not as good as Adele I can't Like Voice hasn't even Like grown up I've not like grown up And matured yet And I was like oh, I'm not as good as Adele um, you If
1: I'm going to do it I need to be the very very best
4: Yeah Basically <laughs> I was like I'm not good enough I've always been a bit ambitious, but yeah.
2: You're dancing in your new video though, right? So you you, yeah. you found your rhythm again, You can the trampoline ain't stopped you too much, you, you've recovered. No
4: I, no, I have recovered, although I was quite nervous, I, I kind of got thrown in the deep end, I've not danced, I stopped dancing when I was about 18, when I came to London, so I was about 18, 19, I stopped. Oh man, London killed your vibe. It killed my vibe. I was all about the music at this point.
2: Shit, just dancing all in fucking Edinburgh and then just stop.
4: Aye, that's it. Cut it <laughs> off. And then, you know when like you stop something and then it's like, you get the fear that you can't do it anymore. And that's uh-huh. what I was like. So I was like, oh no, I can't dance anymore. I can't dance anymore. And then since I've released music, I've just kind of been thrown in the deep end by like, doing a bit of dance. And uh, I got I. Or New wave, the most recent music video. I literally was put in a class with dancers, professional dancers, to learn this routine. And I was like, What oh, if I can't pick it up? What if I look shit? What if I can't do it? What?" But it was actually, it was fine. It was fine.
2: Yeah, I had that part as well just, just before we were talking. Before you come on, like we've got a big show, headline show in Glasgow, the, the Academy, the O2 Academy, and amazing. August. Oh. and I'm that's that'll be our first gig back. Well, our last gig was in what in Thailand, 2019. Aye. Since then fucking go with it. It's
4: mad. Yeah. I'm really
2: para that I don't know what to do with my hands. Not yeah. words, like how to like stand or anything, do you know what I mean like how it looks like. Yeah, like
4: gestures and I, that. Like,
2: what, like how do I how do I
4: use my hands now? No, it's so <laughs> true. It's so true. Like you do start overthinking it. And it will come back to you and it'll be like second nature and you'll be fine. But it is so true. Like you're like can Might
2: I start juggling or something like that, something just to keep them busy.
4: <laughs> just like get used to it. People will be thinking, "What was he doing?" Lockdown hit him hard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was it like uh, moving from Edinburgh to London? Because it's it's a change, man. London's a big change.
4: Yeah, it's massive, isn't it? I think for me, I was just so Edinburgh because I'm from Edinburgh, and it, it just wasn't really enough for me. I don't know. Like I love Edinburgh, and it's like my hometown, but. There's just so much more out there. And I feel like it, for music, especially like London is a really great place to be. And there's lots of opportunities. Um, whereas Edinburgh's music seems not that great. Mm-hmm. Glasgow a bit better, but like, I just, I don't know. I wasn't, I was a bit nervous, but I never got homesick, which shocked me. Because when I was younger, I used to get quite homesick if I stayed at pal's houses or I got quite anxious. But yeah, when I moved to London, it was, and it's mad. I moved in with two randoms. And my parents dropped me off and they were like, right, bye and I was like, Bye. And I was like, shit, that's that's it. Like, gotta crack on <laughs> now. Gotta see what happens. But I wouldn't change it for the world.
2: You had a purpose though, it was it was yeah. to just do music or what was the
4: Yeah, so I went to a music school called BIM, which is it stands for Britain Ireland's Music Institute or something like that.
2: We played we played for the students one time, didn't we?
4: Did you? like a freshers
2: no like no no like they, they brought us into like showcase what like a
4: master class what you
2: could do if you were an independent <laughs> band yes they all come in they'll ask us all questions and all that and we're like eh fuck knows just yeah. uh, put some music <laughs> It
4: just it's so true though like the amount of people that'll be like ask questions and it's just like there's not really an answer of how you do it you just kinda gotta Go for it
2: so you, you, how long we get at that school for
4: i didn't actually finish it so i went for the degree which was three years mm-hmm. uh but i basically had the attitude i don't know if other people would recommend this but i was like i don't want to finish uni i want to be doing music full time i don't want to get a degree i want to get like a record deal or whatever i want to be doing music full time and i remember the first day i went to like the open day and one of the girls was like, oh, like, what's your plan B if this doesn't work? And I was like, I don't have a plan B. She was like, oh, but what if it doesn't, like, happen? And I was like, well, if you have a plan B, you're, no, you're setting yourself up for failure. Like, you can't have a plan B. And then from then on, I was just, I, I don't know. I've always been, like, one, like, vision and that's it and that's what's happening. I've never really had the doubt side of it because I feel like if you have doubts, you're never going to get there. I don't know where I'm going With this story What was that Well, no, well,
2: well that Well that's it just, just put a full stop right there No plan B for me I'm yeah. going to get a record deal No plan B <laughs> And you yeah, did Yeah
4: literally You yeah. Got a record deal Yeah Who did you sign yeah. to? Oh it's a bit complicated So I signed a production deal First of all because mm-hmm. uh, I was going to just release independently But I signed it with a man A man called With a, a man guy, <laughs> With a man <laughs> uh, I said that and was like that sounds
2: weird I am a with record a company Sign with me That's how
4: I <laughs> Yeah no it could be anyone Anyway yeah so I signed a production deal With a songwriter called Jamie Scott Who's mm-hmm. very talented And his team so his manager And then a guy called Colin Barlow Who had previously worked And ran lots of major labels And has a lot of experience And basically they wanted to create Because when you sign to a label I find that Well from what I've heard And other people's experiences There's a lot of pressure to have the songs And it it becomes more about like Quantity over quality kind of thing Like Mm -hmm. It's just about churning out songs Rather than actually having a big blueprint
2: Especially now When the streaming age Like it's It's just constantly, you should be churning. People are saying, like, you need, like, two albums a year type thing.
4: Which is just mad. It's great because it allows anyone to release music, but in some ways it's sad because the quality of music, I feel, is kind of... Like, obviously there's still great songs out there, but the quality of songs for a lot of artists is just kind of, like, the bar is kind of lowered a bit. I I love writing with loads of different people, but I also kind of wanted, like, a a bass like yeah, a solid yeah. base of people that understand me. And these guys kind of, I basically love soul music and I wanted to create that kind of soul vibe, but I wanted to make it fresh. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. we always said before we started writing, like Dusty Springfield meets like Kendrick Lamar or like.
2: That's what you were going for with the tunes. Yeah, yeah, it, because yeah. the songs sound like they're soul influenced, but they've, they've got hip hop in there as well.
4: Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of like what we wanted to do, create something fresh. So then I started writing loads, basically, with Jamie Scott and two of their guys and then a producer called Johnny Coffer. And we basically just wrote loads and loads and loads of songs. Sweater was actually the first song that we wrote. It was quite scary because before I signed the production deal, I had a session with Jamie and Johnny Coffer. And Johnny Coffer's done, like, he produced Freedom by Beyonce. He's a very talented man. And I was like, aye, and here's me just wee Bo Anderson like right sound okay so I go into the session and basically we needed to try and see if we could find a sound or like uh see if we could work together basically and we happened to come up like we started one idea and it was all right and then suddenly we started writing sweater because Johnny had like a sample and it it was like I know he basically takes like old soul samples that he finds and he'll like mash them. them up and yeah. do shit to them that I don't quite understand but anyway so you had the sample and I was like oh, that is sick and he chopped it up and we basically wrote Sweater wow. on that in like two hours and it just all fitted into place and then from there I signed the production deal Holding back my eyes, Trying to feel okay Tripping over And then from there, oh, God, it's quite a story. And then yeah. from there, <laughs> sorry, I'm like, God, I'm I'm like, I just remembered. I'm not even like, I had to make you, but yeah, keep, I'm keep so going. sorry. I'm rambling so much. Oh, God. Anyway, so that happened.
2: <laughs> like, if you're doing a, a quick fire interview, nobody's going to get this. This is the stuff that's fucking interesting to me. So, yeah. Keep going.
4: Yeah. Okay, Tell good. Me. As long as I'm also, not boring you.
2: Not at all. No, also. Prior to this, right, had Hmm. you done writing sessions with people before?
4: Yes, I had done some.
2: So you're you're familiar with the the format about how how writing goes and all that, like working with other people.
4: Yeah, I was like, I was still like quite new to it. I hadn't been doing it that long, but like my management had put me in sessions quite a lot just to like get the experience of like going into a room with random and writing a song because it is quite weird, isn't it? Like, you go in and you're like, hi, Paul, how t- nice to meet you. Like,
2: <laughs> Why what's your song? chat? <laughs> yeah, let's write a tune.
4: What do you want to talk about? What's your deepest and darkest, yeah. like, show me your diary kind of thing. And it's just mm-hmm. a bit weird, isn't it? But it's good, though. It's good. But mm-hmm. anyway, so signed that, did that, started writing. And Jamie had a lot of, like, a that would come into the studio just because he writes for other artists or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, who's this? Oh, Bo, oh, what's she doing? And then we'd play some music. And then, because we were just going to do it independently. We didn't really have any plan to sign a record deal at this point. And then I basically just, it went from one thing to another. Like I got a lot of people, uh, Germany, um, Universal and Sony got in touch. And then I got, went out there. And then Interscope in America was basically, I hadn't done a gig. I basically got locked away to write for like two, not two years, almost probably about two years, actually. Basically just write, 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 Um And then they were like, oh, is there, like, has she done any gigs? Is there any footage? And we were like, no, but we were going to, rec- we basically recorded a video that we were going to send out for them to see me perform in life, to see if I could actually perform. And mm-hmm. uh, basically they just ended up flying me out. So I went to, I went to LA for a week, did various meetings with different labels. And
2: um, what age you at this
4: point? 20?
2: See? You seem pretty like like quite mature. I feel as if you would as if you wouldn't be mugged off, but like back then were you as savvy? For instance, you can get yeah. a record label as a, still a child, really, you're still young. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how yeah. was it daunting? How did that feel?
4: I took everything with a pinch of salt. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really get too excited about things because I was like, well, nothing's signed that this could all just like like, you know, go away. Um mm-hmm. to the point where my managers were like you can be excited about this like this is like they're very they keep me really grounded and I am like grounded and I'm humble but they were at the point where they were like you can like you can be excited about this like you're meeting the head of lots of different companies like this is you know this is really good and I was like oh no I am excited but I was like but I'm just like going with it because who knows what's going to happen um so yeah, I just was like kind of trusting in the process and I just think I've always kind of... I don't know. I try and not overthink it too much or get too excited just in case.
2: I mean, in an industry that can almost set you up for failure, to, to be mm. to be that level almost expecting the worst. I reckon in the long run, it'll serve you well.
4: Yeah, I just... Yeah, definitely. Like, I think just... I was just taking everything as it came and, like, being like, oh, sick, okay, that's cool. Let's do that. Like, oh, fly out to Berlin. Yeah, great, let's do it.
2: Did you perform for them when you went out?
4: No, I met them. I met So I went out, so, like, Jamie and Colin and that the, the, the boys that I signed my production deal with, they were actually out in LA anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was quite good timing. So me and my manager one of my managers flew out and then we would all go into the meetings together, played a few tracks. I met the head of Interscope and I met the head of Capital and I met a few other people, played them the songs and they, were, they basically offered a deal pretty much straight away. And then Universal Berlin had also offered, wanted to sign. I also went to, at this point, like a couple of weeks after, I went out to New York for like 24 hours to meet, to meet, um,
2: for a challenge, the guy,
4: yeah, for a challenge. Well, they were, I'd never been to New York, I technically have now, but I didn't really see much because I was only there for a very short time in offices and that. But, um, I went up the Empire State Building, it was foggy, oh, yeah. but it was, I've it was still cool. I've done it, I've been to New York, um, Tagged yeah, literally. But, yeah, long story short, I basically signed with Interscope and universal germany and then virgin that are now emi wanted to represent me for the uk because they wanted to sign me but we were like well we've got these offers so they now represent me for the uk so it's like louis capaldi but without the interscope bit so he i think he's he's for universal germany and um emi represent him for the uk i think that's so yeah i don't really understand it's all a bit complicated but it's pretty good.
2: It's really good because all the big fucking dogs are working for you. I think you'll get a very good album release date. Just saying, but I'm just saying, Boy, I'm just saying it'll so. be favourable for I'm,
4: you. I'm touching wood and cross my fingers and all that. I just, yeah, I'm I'm very grateful for the position I'm in and and yeah. How
2: has lockdown been? then? if you if you were away f- writing for like two years, you'll be used to just like sitting in writing. I imagine. Yeah. Has this. Period curtailed when you were meant to jump off. Like were you meant to like last year be making because obviously the tunes came out last year and at the top of this year there's a song come out. Was this meant to be your time to be playing live now?
4: Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. I went from two years of basically writing and they took me off all social media platforms that you couldn't find me anywhere, didn't gig. I did my first gig I was actually really ill it was last year in February time my first gig I did one at the Bedford in Ballum uh, in London and then I went out to Berlin to do like you know they do little show, they do showcases yeah, for yeah, like yeah. loads of business people to come like for Spotify Apple Music Amazon whatever and um, that was the first thing I did which was very important and I, I woke up with no voice and I still had to do it and I, oh, it was very stressful but I did that and I did done one in amsterdam and that was it and then we went into lockdown and the only and then the only things it's great like i love being thrown in the deep end but the only things i've done since then is i've done children in need tv show and i did late night berlin tv show where david geta was standing in front of me <laughs> I've not gigged for two years. And then they're like, island, Bo Anderson. And then he's standing there. And I was like,
0: <laughs>
4: and for a minute I was like, what? And then I was like, compose yourself, compose yourself. Just get on wet. It's fine. But, uh, aye. So what was Davy boy like? Aye, he was sound. He was sound. He was really nice. Yeah. Big Davy boy.
2: So, how have you been spending a lot time? What have you been doing then?
4: So, in different parts of lockdown, I've, I've like depending on what the rules were, I've been able to like go to the studio. So like in November we had a lockdown here, but I was pretty much in the studio most of the time because you were still allowed to if it was yeah, work related. Yeah. Um and then I've been doing Zoom Zoom calls. I've actually done done a few Zoom sessions. Like,
2: how does it work with like things like latency?
4: Uh so the guys that I mainly work with, we you can send each other like ideas of like like mp3s of like the production and then you just kind of sing melodies over over zoom and then the vocal recording either you go away and you'll record it yourself afterward and then send the stems over or whatever um or they can take over your computer and like they can just record it all in shit hey that's the future yeah, I think this will have a massive effect on sessions. I reckon that people won't... Like, I was meant to go to LA last April for a month to do sessions. But I don't think things like that will happen as much now because you can do Zoom stuff. And if you've got to be here and you can't be over there, then Zoom sessions are the way forward. And I think there, you write a lot quicker on Zoom because there's so? no distractions. Yeah, there's no distractions. I did a session the other day and it was literally like two hours and we wrote a tune. Wow, which is fast. I don't do that normally, so, um, but I prefer being in person. I'm I'm quite a people person. Doing it over Zoom is like robotic.
2: What will uh, your debut album? How's it shaping up? What are you writing about?
4: What am I writing about? Um, a lot of my songs are either I don't really write happy love songs. I'm just not very. It's just not me. Like we've written happy love songs in the past, and they just like
1: it's hard, isn't it?
4: oh it's so hard and I just don't sound it just doesn't sound believable believable. (laughs) it doesn't (laughs) it's so sad but it really doesn't like I'll sing it and I'll be like nah I'm not feeling it and like we have written like happy love songs but no one ever is like sold everyone just loves either heartbreak or like Sassy, uplifting tunes. I
2: always think that uh, Pharrell Happy" is like one of the most genius songs because, like,
4: literally,
2: I, th- I think it is insanely hard to write something happy without being naff. Happy without being naffy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean? It's, yeah. It's just really, really hard. And I think with Pharrell, it's because he believe in it. You just, he just, he's committed to it. So I just feel like I would, I couldn't authentically do that without feeling weird
4: no same i'd be like oh
2: no that's cringy or like that's i think i think a bit we well, see like you know you're talking about
1: you're right into soul music yeah so ma. i I'm right yeah. into, like northern soul um but let's like, see if it take on like the folk that were just able to churn out these these songs at motown like for example I think of going i've got sunshine on a cloudy day my girl sort of thing like yeah i, 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 could, I could never just sit with a guitar and play a chord and go I got sunshine. My girl. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but, but but when I listen to it, it's like that's my favourite music. But I couldn't I do it
4: yourself. It.
2: But even, even no. writing things like baby, that feels weird to me, man. Yeah. Like, and and when we go and write a chorus or whatever, Jamie, and it's like when we put baby or we, no. or we say love or whatever, it's like we feel like oh.
4: Oh no no. no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But then, if you heard, but if you heard someone else do it, you'd probably be like, "100 percent." And I'll nice, sing away, right. to it, no bother. Yeah, but when it's yourself, you're going through everything and you're analysing it all. It just feels so wrong. Oh yeah.
2: Have you done any writing for MDLs?
4: Oh, a song actually came out that I wrote. Uh, Will Young, <laughs> no,
2: Will Young. You wrote a song for Will Young.
4: I wrote. I wrote a song. I, I It was for me originally But then we weren't using it And Will Young liked it And wanted it So we were like Yeah sure So yeah It's on his uh, Latest album Glass? What's it called? I can't actually remember I need, to <laughs> <check>. <laughs> I need to go check it This was like A couple of years ago And I've written A lot of songs since
2: Mad that's fucking great
4: Yeah Shouts
2: to William for Liking the song
4: I know eh Not bad Not bad But um other than that Like I Don't I don't at the moment, maybe in in times to come, I'll I'll write for other people. But I think it's more a case of I write for me. But if it's not suited to me, and there's someone else that it yeah, could totally. suit, then I'd love for them to have it. Um, but I don't normally like go into a session with another artist. I've not done that. But maybe in time to come, I would. Would you um, Would you
1: like to do a song with us?
4: I I know. Why
2: no? You can write on my That'd rap be fun. and I will write your uh, chorus and then you can rap it and I'll sing the chorus. Here we go.
4: Yeah, oh my god. Me rap. I don't I don't even know if I'd like put on an accent or if I'd rap in Scottish like. You need, need to be I authentic. You need you
2: need to go 100% authentic, Bo Oh god. Am I right in saying that you discovered soul music through your love of the film Dreamgirls?
4: <laughs> yes, that is true. I remember Class. it so vividly. I was 11. My neighbour up the road, it was our birthday. We went to the cinema. I got, you know, those tree sweets with the rainbows. I was eating them, watching Dreamgirls, and I just, like, fell in love with, like, Soul and Motown and, and Beyoncé and Jennifer Hudson were in it, and I was just like... And then from there, it just kind of went on.
2: Who is your favourite Soul artist?
4: Old classics, I would say Aretha Franklin, and I would say Donnie Hathaway. Oh, this is really difficult. How many can I say?
2: That's two. That's two. Jamie, you got one? Which one of your favorites?
1: Aye. Just yesterday I learned how to play I Wish I Knew How It'd Feel to Be Free on the Piano. Mm-hmm. Nina Simone. But I don't know. Um I was I was just about to ask if you like the commitments. Have you seen the commitments? The film? No. The commitments, so it's a bit it's a bit the a, a Dublin uh-huh. soul band. Uh and they, it's it was out in the early nineties. It's by I forget the, the author's name. Roddy Doyle, he wrote the book. Okay. And it's a bit of this uh, band that they've become, I don't think we'll do not think they 2 or three gigs, but the, the soundtrack's amazing. It's like um, Dark End of the Street, Mr Pitiful, and just loads of fucking amazing songs. The Commitments. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one, you you'll, if you're writing it your soul music, you'll, it's, oh, it's really I funny as well. I'll
4: um, need to take note of that. The Commitments. Commitments, aye. The commitments the commitments. okay, I'll need to check this out.
2: When are you dropping an album? When could we expect the
4: album? When do we expect the album? Um, probably end of next year, start of 2022, which is it feels like, like, wow, we've just got into 22. I feel like I live my life in the future, but yeah, it's it's uh, it takes time, doesn't it, to like release music and like promote it and do a lot of things. By the way, thank you so much for talking to us and coming on the podcast. It was a no, great, great No, thanks for having honor. me. Thanks for having me. It's been fun.
2: <laughs>
1: Lovely to meet you both. Lovely
4: to meet you too,
1: pal. I'm, I'm going to go and listen to all your music now.
4: Yeah, get get them streams in.
2: You're no short of a stream, so fucking Jamie, join the club. She's had like <laughs> so many millions.
4: <laughs> I'll, I'll stream your stuff too. Have it on Luke Aye that's it
2: has been really nice talking to you Aye, hi it's
4: Oh you too and You too right. Hopefully see you soon Take care guys Stay safe and locked down Bye bye
2: out to Bo, did you enjoy that chat Jamie? Aye man, aye she was lovely. Very very nice guest on the cast, and one one for the future I think, I think our Bo will be. I'm saying on the cast, I think Bo will have a number one album. There you go, you've heard it here first. Watch out Mogwai! <laughs> when this is out
3: Mogwai will either have had a number one or number two or album, not. or not. It's a, a chart battle between Mogwai and Getz. For number uh, one. Who's uh, Gets? Grime, MC. He gets his first major label album. Mogwai's 15th independent <laughs> album or something. Should we
2: get the boys from the Mogwai? Should we get the Mogwai's Well, let's,
3: let's see if they get number one. <laughs> don't, don't, don't want a bunch of losers.
2: Jacob Reese Mogwai.
1: No, I,
3: I, bought, I bought, bought the Mogwai album, obviously. Ain't been going to see them for years. If they have a, if mad instrumental rock band. Like a, my favourite
1: song on, on the new Mogwai album is called. Is it calling Granny or uh, see,
3: Granny? I, I, it sounds like Smashing Pumpkins or something.
1: I, mm. it, didn't it sound. It sounded like a uh, almost like a pop punk. Aye, like,
3: like Blink One Eight Two or something. I, I.
1: Um That was my favourite track on it. I listened to it this morning. Was it? Was another no story? Like soon we started this band like 2008 or something before we done a gig that like fraz anderson or something they took a demo to the guy in mogwai and they listened to it the first 30 seconds of it and then <laughs> he took it out the cd player and snapped it <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's
3: what he said i mean i don't i don't know how i don't know i remember
1: that story as well that's, yeah, that, that's like that that's like one of the bits in the i mean like the ondrews 3000 and the Jimi hendrix film and all that and <laughs> the bits that uh, things that don't actually happen i i mm-hmm. I, I would just i hope that, he did do happen. that I, like,
2: I, be I hope that's exactly what happened Took it out and smashed it to smithereens That's why Dad's bought the new album uh, mm-hmm. So he can smash it up So he can
3: <laughs> smash <laughs> it up when it comes
2: Respect to him if they get that man Class So after a, a podcast With the, the infamous Jukes brothers The the St Phoenix boys Stevie hit me up in the text and he said Mate You have to go on TikTok You have to go on TikTok Now, if anybody that follows this band, obviously you'll know, as individuals and their online presence, we are some of the the best comics in the country, hands down. I think (laughs) it goes without saying. It goes without saying. I think a lot of people would certainly agree with that, like a lot of people, even the boys in Mogwai. So the problem is social media, to me, as much as I understand it, and it's necessity and i i get it's the way the world is in 2021 just can't be fucking asked i don't like putting my phone in selfie mode and fucking doing making a demonstration of myself the one the one thing that the, the
3: the 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 pandemic and stuff has came about though is like see if you don't do that you don't exist
2: correct that is correct and i'm fully that's aware of that that's the audience that's that's mm-hmm. like
3: you talking at your phone as you're talking to the audience obviously we're looking at a point now where we're going to get real audiences soon but that, that definitely flipped that. Like, if you're not doing that, then you you don't exist.
2: You're not I know, I, engaging with anyone. I understand that. But I just, I feel like, I mean, if there's a camera in front of me, like an actual <clears> old school camera, I'm all for it. It's just when I put my phone in selfie mode, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't feel correct doing it. I, I feel like an arsehole.
3: It's just about connecting with people. Like, we're doing this podcast and that connects with people. It's just, and that's our way of doing that.
2: Yeah, and I'm very comfortable in this medium yeah. and I like it. But Stevie said to me, get on TikTok. So, my question is, boys, as much as I fucking despise it, when we connect next week, should we make some TikTok videos?
3: The thing I can see about TikTok is the main benefit from it is that, well, Facebook own, Facebook obviously, and and Instagram and their algorithm and stuff is, like, really in favour, like, it pushes everything down now, so, like, they want you to pay to, to get seen at all, like, like, you see on Facebook, like we've, we've posted on Facebook, four people see it. We have 25,000 followers. But TikTok is Chinese and is owned as a completely different company. And as far as I can tell, when you sign up to it, they want you to get likes. They want you, they push you forward. They want mm. you to stay on it. They want to mm-hmm. engage you. So if you make content, put it up, it will get pushed to people that will like it. And that's why people are using
2: it. Well, as an experiment experiment as an experiment, experiment um i'm going to put my life in the line put my 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 anxieties to the side and we'll make a couple of tiktok videos when we're up uh, together next week
3: it's just i it's, it's just about doing it in your your own way i mean like we've done those videos with the green screen before they're always like a good laugh i think the the, the stuff with the, the sort of videos we do they're always good when we have someone something to promote mm-hmm. cuz we can we can anchor everything around that what also gives us like any embarrassment or whatever like we're doing it for this reason we're mm-hmm. just doing it for a laugh we're doing it because we're promoting this one thing
2: I mean I downloaded the app and it scared the shit out me to be honest oh I hate it
3: but, I downloaded I, it and deleted it straight away it's, it's like it's like see one of those things where someone's forcing your eyes open and flashing images into it I,
2: it, I just felt <laughs> I, I instantly just felt <laughs> way too old for what, it what, what, I was nice. I felt way too old for it, man. And I I know there's some older people on it and that, but I just think, I was just like, oh, this is relentless, I fucking hate this.
3: I think, like, for for us, if we've obviously, given a a bit of the the magic away to our our future uh, TikTok followers, but if we got together and filmed, like, 50 videos and put them up, put two a week up for three months, I think that's how we would need to do it.
2: Well, why don't we try and experiment? Why don't we film... Twenty videos and we're up because they're Let's between f-
3: fifteen and fifteen seconds and one minute long. The ones that are fifteen seconds apparently get more engagement and get pushed more.
2: Well, here you hear it first on the podcast. We're we're going to make a very <laughs> it's contrived effort. Three months effort. we'll have never even opened the app or made an. One hundred percent, there's probably no way we'll do this when we meet each other next week. But if we do, it's a very contrived effort to uh, to see if we can get big on TikTok.
3: Hey, I mean the uh, main benefit for us is if we can put our music on there and people other people that i have never heard of us discover it and it doesn't mm-hmm. uh, we're, not go- we're not going to be dancing see, about See when
1: it. I was in Motherwell this morning uh, I ran to Motherwell this morning at, at Brandon Parade there was this guy that must have been like one of the oldest guys that I've ever seen in my life <laughs> in his face mask uh, the face mask he had on said uh, TikTok in the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: It gives a wee giggle round up the street, man. Before we run on, uh, it's been a fucking fantastic podcast this week. Uh, before we go, though, a couple of things that we always need to remember. First one being, we have merch out this week. Friday it drops, so by the time this podcast drops, it will have already dropped, meaning it's already sold out, or sold you out. need to desperately buy it. I'd say it's probably my favourite merch we've done in a while since the hoodies. Definitely, man. Nice, cool. So, get the merch. Where do you get the merch, stars? What is the address?
3: Uh, com. Easy as that.
2: Easy. Easy as that. If you're a Bo Anderson fan, you've come to listen to the podcast, hear Bo talk, there's nothing she would like more than you buy that merch from us. <laughs> um, and the most important thing, the thing that Bo stressed the most in, the, in her interview there, she says, she said, care, Jamie, just met you, but really liking your vibe. Um... What I would recommend all my fans to do future <laughs> fans and fans that'll that'll come to me as uh, as I become a major label success. I would number like them one. to listen a uh, number one success. I would like them to listen to this podcast, skip to this partner podcast, and remember this address. And you tell them that address, Daz. What's that address?
3: Patreon.com forward slash the LaFontaines.
2: That is the exact address Bo said, and 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 it's unbelievable, Daz. you are on the podcast? And he knew exactly what she was talking about there. That is fantastic. So, sign up. um, Sign up. Spend. If you're a Bo Anderson fan, spend £20 a month, and you'll get exclusive content. Didn't say who it was from. Didn't say who it was from. I'm not misleading you. Uh, You'll get exclusive content. Sign up to the Patreon. So Bo Anderson says, sign up to that account, and for £20 a month, you'll get exclusive content. I've not said who it's from. I've not said who it's from. Uh, future proofing future proofing not say it's from once again but for £20 you'll get exclusive <laughs> content from someone from someone <laughs> so uh, sign up to that support the podcast and thank you and good night Vienna
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one My shoes is a sign off <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good night Vienna <laughs> Good night <man>. Class voice <laughs>